Hi there, you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and thank you so much for joining me. Now today we're talking amps, valve amps in particular, with an old friend of mine, Grant Wills, who now runs a great company called Valve Heaven, based in South Australia. Grant is passionate about building valve amps and passionate about teaching other people how to do it as well. So he he manufactures amps, but he also gives um, workshops and classes and uh, really is into the whole process. I think I remember the first time I really begin to understand um, the massive impact an amplifier has on, on tone. I was doing a recording session um, David Moyes was the producer. David was in an earlier episode of the Guitar Speak podcast. Check that out if you haven't heard it already. But Dave was producing and Simon Rafalo, my, my good friend and co-guitarist and I, we begged, borrowed and well, we didn't steal any amps, but we, we ended up with a whole heap of amps. Dave himself had some really cool amps and um, man, I just remember trying out different combinations of guitars and amps and just finding the best one for every song. Man, I, I will never forget plugging in Dave Moyes' Telecaster into a um, Fender Deluxe Reverb, all 22 watts I think they are. Man, that was just a great tone. Um, plugging in my Matocaster, uh, Frankenstein Strat, into into a Rivera rig. That, that was pretty, pretty massive. Um, uh, Fender Blues Deluxe, which is a really popular 40-watt um, tube amp. I think it was my one, or it might have been a borrowed one. I can't remember. I did own one at one stage. Um, playing an American stand- Standard Tele into one of those things absolutely dimed, which you cannot do in the real world. Um, and that was that was bonkers. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, you get the idea. And um, yeah, if you've plugged into a few different amps, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So it was great fun to talk amps with Grant. Um, Not only about what he's doing with Valve Heaven, which is really, really cool. So I hope you enjoy that. But also I I asked him some sort of really basic tube amp questions, which um, yeah, may may or may not be of use to you. You might know all these questions already, but maybe you don't. Maybe maybe you want to know what push-pull means and different classes of amplification. Anyway, it was great to catch up with Grant. Great to hear about what he's doing. And uh, here's the interview now. Grant Wills from Valve Heaven. Okay, Grant Wills, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Well, it's absolutely great to be uh, doing this with you, Matt. Wonderful. How, how did you get into amp building originally? I understand you've been into electronics for a long time. Yes, I guess that's the uh, that's the that's the, the question. Uh, as a little kid, I remember looking in the back of an old radio set and uh, uh, being absolutely transfixed by it, seeing all these valves glowing and uh, um, this technology, and I thought that looks absolutely amazing. And then um, uh, worked professionally as an um, electronics technician, uh, worked for a university, um, and playing in bands as well. So. The, uh, the the two sides of um, amps and electronics and music were always kind of like part of my life. So um, and that continues to to this day. Fantastic. Did you um did you ever get into did you get into modding radios and things to use them as guitar amps and, and that kind of caper? Yeah. Well, well, when I, when I was in my teens, I had no money, of course, and uh, and I would grab 
computers and uh, and uh, learn learn a bit about electronics as I kind of like stuck my fingers in there and hopefully uh, didn't get too many electric shocks and all that sort of stuff <laughs> along, along the way. <laughs> nice, that's funny. I was um, I, I, we mentioned David Moyes um, before our interview, who we both know. Um, he was he had a similar story. He was um, when he started playing, couldn't afford an amp and end up hooking up a whole heap of those um, valve-powered radios. Ah. Good times. When, um... So do you remember the first... What was the first thing you actually built for yourself? Was it an amplifier or or some sort of... Uh, I guess it was probably an amplifier, and it's going back a few years ago now, but I put it in, um, took an old radio um, chassis and and pulled it apart and and rebuilt a, a, like a little Fender Champ style amplifier out of that and uh, built it into a homemade combo um that was probably my first first amplifier uh, as such first and certainly a valve amplifier back in those days yeah wow very cool so where did you go from there from from an interest as yeah well i i, I um uh, as i mentioned i um was uh, very much into electronics as a as a teenager and then um, was able to get a um Position uh, with the uni, uni of SA as a audiovisual technician there, and so I learned a lot, studied electronics uh, formally, and uh, um, simultaneously to that was sort of playing in bands and uh, sort of the whole music and electronics thing sort of developed, and then yeah. I developed a part-time business um, building PA's and uh, an amps for the Adelaide uh, music scene for for numbers of years while I was playing in bands as well, so. I got to sort of see you know, both sides of the the, uh, the 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 music scene in terms of technology and also obviously you know, guitars and bass and playing in bands and so forth. So it was a it was a great mix at the time. Yeah, cool. So you are yeah you're a guitar player. What what um what kind of music were you playing then? Yeah, well, uh, well as a kid, um, I uh, I grew up in a in a uh, rural. A mining town uh, in South Australia, uh, which um, which was a real blast because uh, all of my schoolmates were immigrants from England and Scotland, and they came with all the British blues music, and so I got exposed to all this great music as a as a teenager um, that I wouldn't have really probably heard anywhere else because you know back in those days you didn't really you know music was not all that accessible. It was basically it was the records that you had and so forth, and uh, so I um, uh, got exposed to um, all the British blues explosion, and that had a profound impact on me. I think in terms of musical styles, and I mean, subsequently, of course, you know, you get into all kinds of different music, but really, probably at, at my at my heart, um, the, the 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 English blues thing was um, uh, is probably my is where I kind of default back to. It's my default, I guess. Okay. It's my <laughs> hardwired back to that. Yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. That's such that's such a common thing I'm hearing too, um, with some of our guests. Yeah, definitely the the British take on the blues, which then filtered back to America and places like here in, in Australia. Cool. So um, I'm thinking of I don't know bands like Cream and um, yes, bands Animals, like Cream, kind of and, yes, and John Mayall and uh, um, you know Peter Green, um, um, Jeff Beck, and. Uh, you know, all all that sort of uh, that, that music at the time was just you know very 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 exciting time for music and uh, obviously very very creative and, and you know continues obviously to 
to have an impact on, on music today. Wow, very cool, very cool. So you were building amps. What kind of amps were you building then for, for guys in bands? Um, yeah, well, back in the 70s, of course, there was a big push on um, solid-state stuff, so I was yep. building a lot of solid-state amps, and uh, it was only really probably in the last uh, um, you know, 10 or 20, 10 or 15 years or so that I've really got right back into valve amps and uh, uh, building amps. So, um, yes, we... Uh, it's probably not a confession I should make, but I <laughs> had a, had, a, had a quite a stint where, because uh, back in the course back in the seventies, everybody thought that solid state amplifiers were going to completely supplant um, valve amps and take over entirely. But of course, we know that that didn't happen. Yeah. And, uh, now, now we're back to steam pad technology and uh, <laughs> the old valves that um, continue to produce that tone that uh, guitarists uh, continue to. Um, want to hear and want to play through yeah. yeah it's quite it's quite remarkable isn't it I, I'm, I'm sure there's other technologies using valves but there just can't be that many left outside of um, instrument amps and guitar amps in in particular uh, you mean as far as valve technology yeah do, do you know of anyone yeah. else actually using valves outside of guitar amps well in the in the high-end um hi-fi market valve still quite uh, um, extensively oh, used okay. yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. in, the, in the really, really high-end um, audiophile area. They yep. still um, use those, but certainly I'd say probably the largest market in the world would these days would be um, uh, musical instrument amplifiers, mm. and uh, of course there's still, still um, um, contemporary valve factories or tube factories as the Americans call them, of course, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> in uh, the former Soviet Union uh, countries in Serbia, uh, of course China, uh, are making some really good valves these days. So the good news is that um, <clears throat> even though the technology is well and truly obsolete from a mainstream perspective, um, uh, there is um, still plenty of sources of valves which keep the keep our amplifiers going, which is good news. Yeah, definitely. So when did you um, when did you start your company, Valve Heaven? Where, where did that start from? Um, yeah. Well, I I was um, in Sydney um, um, at the end of a um, uh, a bit of a hiatus from from music and and building amps for quite some time, and then I got back into it in Sydney, and I was doing amp repairs for the music industry in Sydney for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, um, uh, in addition to the the, the servicing of amps. I've always been very interested in design as well. So I, I started developing um, a number of um, uh, amp designs that were designed really for, a, for an absolute beginner um, because I, I really love the, um, the idea that uh, people can actually have a crack at building their own amplifiers. And, uh-huh. uh, and that, uh, so I developed this amplifier that uh, became known as the, amp, the Lamington amplifier <laughs> because it's built in a Lamington baking tray, you know, the, the Teflon baking trays that you can buy in supermarkets. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It made, it made a very inexpensive um, chassis for um, an amplifier <laughs> to be built. And so, because I had in mind myself when I was 16, um, wanting to build amplifiers, but really had no money yeah. and sort of no, no um, way of uh, sourcing all the more expensive parts. And uh, so I thought, well, how do you, how do you build a... Um, a valve amplifier in Australia um, in the you know in the, in in this in this era where uh, all the the specialist parts are, are really very very expensive you've got to import them from overseas and sure. of course we've got very very uh, high costs 
yep. associated with that. So I thought, well, is it possible to design an amplifier that uses common, readily available parts here in Australia with valves? And so with a bit of head scratching, came up with a Lamington uh, design. <laughs> so um, good. And the, ir- the irony is that it's ended up being a, um, a very, very popular amplifier and um, hundreds of these amplifiers have been made um, here in Australia and even overseas. Um, and uh, uh, the irony is that it uh, was only really meant to be a cheap amp to build, but um, uh, the, the, the actual um, the side bonus is that um, it a- ended up being a really, really nice sounding amplifier. And um, it's a 15 watt amplifier, the original Lamington amps are 15 watt EL84 mm-hmm. amps, so it's a bit like a AC15 or a, yep. um, you know, a Marshall, Marshall 18 watter. Um, it's that sort of um, chimey. British kind of tone, and um, so despite the fact that it's an inexpensive amp to build, it uh, sounds brilliant and uh, surprised me actually because I didn't expect it to sound sound so good. So that's been an absolute uh, uh, a huge uh, benefit of the, the Lamington design. It's fantastic. I've heard some clips, and yeah, I, I agree. It sounds sounds fantastic. Sounds brilliant. Well, I should I should clarify. We've got some listeners. We've got listeners beyond Australia and a Lamington, ah. Lamington, and you're probably helping educate the world in this way a little bit, Grant, <laughs> as well. A Lamington is a cake. Uh, it's an Australian, it's, cake, yeah. um, it's an iconic Australian cake, which um, which involves uh, sponge and cream and. Um, yeah, it's good. Just look it up. Look it up, you people. But um, so so a Lamington tray is like a cake tray, like something you'd bake cake the cake tin, in, like a cake tin. Yeah, yeah, cake yeah. Tin, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. so you that's, your, that's your chassis. You just get it down that's to your That's the chassis, and you mount all the parts on that and drill a few holes, and uh, <laughs> and you've got an amplifier. And then subsequent to subsequent to developing the Lamington and the Amp, I yeah. um, got a lot of interest in it, and I recognised that there were not a lot of people that were perhaps interested in, in building a um, uh, one of my amplifiers but really lacked the, the confidence to have a crack at it on their own, so I started developing... Um, uh, construction manuals, and then also um, uh, an AMP school. An AMP school is a weekend school where the students come along and they, over a weekend, get to learn about how valve AMPs work while actually they build their own Lamington amplifier over a weekend. And that's been really successful. I've been running that around Australia for um, numbers of years now. I run them in Sydney, um, Melbourne, um, and here in South Australia. And uh, we've had um, you know hundreds of students that have gone through the... Um, the amp schools, um, uh, which has been very, very, you know, satisfying for me because I get to, I get to talk under ten feet of wet cement about my favourite subject, which is um, <laughs> valve amplifiers for a weekend, and, and hang out with a bunch of really cool guys, and uh, um, they end up building their very own amplifiers. So that's been really, really um, gratifying as well. Fantastic. We'll have to at the, at the end of our interview, we'll um, we'll get all your links and things too, because I know you've got some some classes coming up in 2017 as well, which looks mm. really good. So the Lamington, so it's yeah, it's an EL84 um, yep. based amp, but you've got a couple of other models too. Do you want to talk us through? I've got numbers of others of uh, designs because uh, again, I'm I'm uh, I've always got these kind of like ideas in my head and always sort of thinking about uh, well, what if we did this and what if we did that. So uh, the first design with the Lamington 15 watt and that's been probably the most popular mm-hmm. um, amp uh, kit that I, that I sell because I also make uh, 
kits available, so I send them around Australia as well. Yeah. But the next amplifier that I developed was a higher power amplifier, which is a, a 40 watt, and we call that the Lamington 3. The okay. uh, reason being a Lamington 3 is I, I built a Lamington 2 high power amp some years ago, but unfortunately the parts are no longer available for that. So I, I came up with another design, which is a probably an, an easier to build high power amp, which is a Lamington 3. It's a bit like, I don't know, uh, Matt, whether you'd be familiar with the old Australian Golden Tone outfires. Yeah, for sure. Come across yep. The old Golden Tones. Well, they were they were an amp that was made in Melbourne uh, by um, Rose Music um, back in the day. Okay. And yep. the Lamington 3 is, is very much like that kind of amplifier. Okay. So yep. more of a big, clean sort of sound. So it's not really... Um, and doesn't really have a lot of overdrive. It's really just a big clean amp. It's like a Fender uh, Bandmaster that that kind okay, of uh, yeah. arrangement. And, and that's, that's, running, that's uh, been really quite. And that's a four, that's a that's a forty watt. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I was going to say that's uh, runs off the six L six power tube. Compliment, uh, the the no, not those guys. They use a they use an unusual valve for guitar amplifiers. They use a okay. what's called an EL thirty six. Oh, okay. uh, of course, we know we know about EL. 34s and we yeah. know about EL 80s, uh, 84s. Mm-hmm. Well, these are an EL 36 or a 6CM5. They were used back in the day in the old black and white TV sets. Virtually every every Australian black and white TV set um, that was valved back in the black and white days yep. pretty much used one of these power valves. And they're, ah. they're, they're, they're a brilliant valve to generate a lot of power at lower voltages. I was a bit concerned about uh, my first high power amp design because that was um uh it was running really quite high voltages around about 450 volts of dc um which sort of gets a bit hairy for a, a beginner so I, I was very keen to come up with a design that would use a lower voltage um and uh, still produce you know a reasonable amount of power mm-hmm. and so the lamington 3 was developed with these valves uh, and it produces some over 40 watts of power um with a with a with the same power supply basically is the Lamington, the original Lamington amplifier. Okay, so okay. that was a that was a bit of a bonus there. Mm. Cool. Man, I've never heard of an EL thirty six. That's Yeah. You well go. you wouldn't have because they they were never used in um hmm. amplifiers. Although the old um, golden tone amplifiers used to use a similar output valve. They used a six D Q six which was uh, had the little top caps on them. I don't know if you ever look in the back of a an old an old uh, golden tone amplifier but they, yeah. they had these they were they were they were quite a different valve. Again, they weren't a, a six or six or an EL thirty four. They were these um, valves that had a, a background in black and white TV operation. So um, uh, that that was the the Australian kind of take on a on a, on a Fender or a um, Marshall amp back in the day. Cool, very cool. You've also got some really low wattage amps. Um, I was listening to a yes, clip so of a, a yes. two watt. Yes. Lamington. That sounded incredible. Yes, well, I've got a um, um, the Lamington three was kind of like followed up with a an amp that I've called the Lamington Junior, <laughs> and that was a design for a, a complete beginner to to valve amps because um, it runs off a, a plug pack, so it's a bit safer okay. uh, to to work on. So instead of having to you know do any wiring with the two forty volt mains, which is you know potentially a bit scary for, for people. For sure, um, yeah. Uh, this, this Lamington Junior just runs up a, a 12-volt plug pack, so oh, you just okay. plug the plug yep. pack into the wall, and that generates the high voltages um, 
uh, from from that yeah. um, and generates uh, two watts of power and that's a great little amplifier because that uh, produces a, a, a really crunchy kind of overdrive tone but still a reasonable amount of clean tone as well and that's been a very very popular um, kit um, for people to, to purchase to, to build themselves and um, and then subsequent to that I've also um, developed a, um, a little amplifier that we call the stack amp um, which is a fully built um, 0.5 watt amplifier. In other oh, words, wow. it's a half a watt amplifier. Yep. And that, that, that idea has uh, become reasonably popular now. I think Marshall will make a, a one watt amplifier and, and uh, there's yeah, other yeah. amplifiers that are, the, that are designed to give you a really crunchy kind of overdrive tone um, in your bedroom or in a recording situ- situation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's been, that's been really quite successful as well. That's great. I, I think, yeah, the low watt amp has become really quite ubiquitous around the place, it hasn't has, it? Yes, and I guess it has, yes. is that because you can overdrive your your power stage very very quickly. You yeah. can get that fully saturated that, that's power. E- that's exactly right. That, okay. That's exactly right. I mean, that's the big challenge, of course, with um, uh, uh, getting that great um, overdrive tone. Um, in the past, you know, you have stuff like master volume or mm-hmm. um, or power soaks, or numbers of other techniques people have tried to use to to get a kind of like a an overdriven tone, um, a really great overdriven tone at a, at a you know a volume that's not sort of um, excessive. Um, but the challenge um, with those sort of things is you tend to quite lose the tone, okay. and so um, lower power amps are great because as you, exactly as you say, you can actually overdrive not just the preamplifier, but you can actually drive the overdrive the output stage and that's really where a lot of that really great tone comes from uh-huh. um, is when when the um, the output stage is just really really cooking because uh, for for the listeners they may be aware or not that a, that a guitar amplifier has a what's called a preamplifier which is the, the the input stage if you like where the where the amplification and the tone shaping takes place yep. and then you've got a power section the output stage and that produces that's the 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 the, the part of the amp that does the, the work if you like that that does the hard work of producing the power and when that's driven to an, into overload um, that gives a really great crunchy kind of like overdrive tone and uh, and so having a lower power amp is a great way to get a really great overdriven output stage without the amp being sort of super 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 loud um, it's amazing I find that the um, uh, how things <laughs> change because when I was a when I was a kid you know, if you didn't have a hundred watt, if you had a anything less than a hundred watt amplifier, you know, you you weren't a real guitarist back in the back in the back in the early days. Whereas everybody's saying, "Oh, like a Fender Champ is five watts. That's too loud at home." You know, I, I want a, a lower power amp, and sort of like you know, amplifiers these days have these little power selectors on them that go down to like you know, point one watt and stuff. So yeah, it's a different kind of world we live in these days. Mm. Yeah, very much. Um, Grant, I'm not I'm not an amp builder at all. I've got I've got a working understanding of of what I like and and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you some questions? These might be dumb questions, Certainly. but um... no, no, there's there's no dumb questions. Can I say? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I always say it in amp school because uh, it's about learning. Yeah. So therefore, um, there's no no. I think the only the only dumb question is when people don't ask questions. True, you know, because true, that's true. when they're not learning. So, um, so no, fire away with your okay. questions, mate. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Grant. Um, my m- when I think of 
um, the character of a tube amp, the first thing I think of are other power tubes. So, for example, um, the amp I work with mostly these days is a, a British-made Laney. It's an EL84, so it's got a particular kind of Vox sort of a, a thing. If I'm thinking of Marshalls, I'm thinking of an EL34, which has got a different kind of mid-range characteristic. Um, mm. Fender amp, I'm thinking 6L6s. I mean, I know there's variations as well. Um, yep. But that Fender kind of, uh, you know, idea is, is another tonal sort of benchmark. But is yep. is there, surely there's more to an amp's character than just the power tube. Um, yep. Am I am I talking in ballpark figures here or is there more guitar players can think yeah. about? No, you're right. You're right. Look, all these things work together to produce tone. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, as you say, output valves, output valve configuration, um, has a lot to do with the way an amp sounds. Okay. Also, um, preamplifier to to some degree. Um, you know how much um, how much kind of like gain there is in the preamplifier as well. You know if you've got a very um, a simple preamp with less gain stages, that'll tend to be a, a more clear, open sort of sound. If you've got more preamplifier stages, it can can, can um, uh, compress the the frequency spectrum a bit, a little bit more mid-rangey, a little bit warmer maybe when you've got more stages because you've got more, more harmonic distortion that's been generated. You know, with more and more stages, uh, tone stacks have a lot to do with the way an amp sounds. And uh, you might have heard of, um, you know, the term voicing an amplifier. Yes. Well, voicing an amplifier has a lot to do with the tone stack. And for those who who are not familiar, that's the like the bass and treble and, and mid-range or whatever controls in an amplifier and um, there's a whole um, range of different uh, ways to generate a, or to, to uh, configure a, a tone stack or a tone control in an amplifier. That has a lot to do with um, how an amp um, sounds. In fact, um, uh, listeners may, may not be aware that the earliest Marshall amplifiers were just an English um, clone, really, of a Fender basement. With basement, yeah, I've heard um, that. Yeah, yeah um, and, but then they started using different valves, of course, different transformers and and then um, also started tweaking the, the, the tone stack, and a, and a Marshall tone stack is similar to a Fender tone stack, but a lot of the components are actually changed around, okay. and those things uh, will make a difference in terms of um, how an amp's um, uh, voiced. Um, so all those sort of things um, uh, come into play. Power supplies has a factor in terms of tone as well, um, because a an amplifier that... Uh, um, has a, a, a valve or a tube uh, rectifier yep. um, can sort of have a bit more of a squashy kind of like compressed sound than a solid state rectifier. Solid state rectifiers give a tighter sort of sound. Of course, um, these are boogie have had uh, for some years their their um, uh, amps with uh, switchable, you know, rectifiers, you know, yeah, the triple yeah. rectifiers and uh, so forth. Different different um, power supplies will give a um, a different sort of sound as well. So um, um, just trying to think of other factors there. Uh, um, yeah, the, the 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 even I mean, you know, you can sort of go right down the rabbit hole. But even the uh, even for a, uh, uh, say a, a, a Fender amplifier, um, the the actual manufacturer of different valves um, will sound slightly different in an amplifier as well, um, which is um, which is fun because you get to sort of like do a bit of um, you know tube um, swapping and uh, um, can end up with um, you know, subtle, subtle, subtle differences in tone, especially when you're starting to overdrive an amp too. You know, different valves can sound different in an overdrive sort of situation as mm-hmm. well. And so there's some, um, there's, 
there's factors there that uh, all work together to um, to sculpt a, a certain tone. Yeah. Wow, it seems like so much, so many ingredients um, that can yeah. be rearranged. So when you say tone stack, is that um, I mean, I know there's the EQ section. Is that choosing? Yes, the EQ. Is it as part of that choosing which frequencies you're going to cut or boost? Um, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yes, that's right. A tone stack just uh, uh, is is a circuit that will provide equalisation. Which, um, for those who are not familiar with that term, that basically means that it, exactly as you've said, it, it uh, boosts or cuts certain frequency ranges mm-hmm. and. Uh, and it's funny how our ears are very, very sensitive to, um, even though for guitar frequencies, we're only really talking probably you know, from about 500 hertz up to about 5 kilohertz. It's only a fairly narrow range yeah, of frequencies, sure. but our ears, our ears are very sensitive to um, how certain, uh, when you boost certain frequencies um, or cut certain frequencies, um, uh, it can really make a big difference to the overall sort of sound of the amplifier. And again, when you're starting to overdrive an amp as well, that that sort of um, you know having certain frequencies that are overdriving before other frequencies that can actually um, make a difference to the overall um, sculpting, if you like, of the the, the the overall amplifier tone. Okay. Yep. There's another phrase um, I don't fully understand, even though I own an amp that purports to be class A um, versus class A, B, and there's certain um, boutique amps that will that will um, say, you know, we're class A. What, what does that actually mean? Yes, well, um, there's, there is some confusion in the amp world about um, class A, class A, B, and so forth. Really, um, the, the, the class um, of an amplifier um, is uh, a reference to um, how hard the actual valves are actually operating. Um, and uh, often you hear a, a Vox AC30, for example, that's described as a Class A amplifier. Okay. And it's not, and it's not technically, it's not really a Class A amplifier. It's actually it's a Class AB amplifier. But it's all to do with the way um, amps are biased. And of course, bias is a is a whole new su- another subject as as far as amplifiers are concerned. But if they if in a um, in a in a class A B amplifier, mm-hmm. or in fact, let's just talk about a class B a class B amplifier is where you've got two valves um, operating in what's called push pull. So in other words, when one valve is, is is working hard, the other one is kind of slacking off. It's like the analogy of two guys with a crosscut saw and a, and a okay. lump of wood. You know, when one's pushing, pushing, the other one's pulling, and so forth. In class A, in class B, um, you've basically got one valve that operates only on the half of the, the the incoming guitar cycle, and the other valve operates on the other half. But when you bias the valves really, really hard on, hard on, um, both valves are actually operating for the whole cycle, and that that is actually called class A. Okay. And there's some, con- and as I say, there's some confusion about. Uh, and so when you've got a, um, you bias the valves back, they go somewhere between class A and class B. And that's called class A B. So you've got the the, the 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 junction there. And the thing is, most um, valve amplifiers that actually have two output valves in the in the output stage are actually operating in some degree of class A B, okay. including the box AC thirties. Yep. Um, so hopefully, I don't know that's whether that's confused people or not, but it's it's to do with how hard the actual valves are, are operating. Okay. Um, yep. If you've got if you've got something like a Fender Champ. 
yep. which is just a single or a, a box AC4, yep. which is a single output single valve. Output. Yeah, that yeah. actually that that is actually operating in class A because the one valve has to operate for the whole of that cycle, okay. so the, for the whole of the, uh, the 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 up part of the cycle and the down part of the cycle. So yeah, does that okay. makes sense to you, Matt? Yeah, yeah. So my as a, as a as a guitar player, as a sample of uh, hopefully your listeners in. Yeah, that's that's great. My the the class A amp I I run it's it's a very um it's a very modest PV Windsor I think it's called and yeah it just runs off one okay. power tube and it's yep. very low wattage and the output I think the the wattage depends on what power tube you're running. So yep. um, I think I've got an EL thirty four in mine at the moment and it just breaks up even if you look at it even before I turn it on. It feels like it's breaking up um, in a really nice way, in a really great way. So, yes, um, yes. That's, uh, yeah, that's yes, well, that's, 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 of course, talking about a single-ended amplifier, which actually just has the one output. Power. Okay, okay. And I, I'm, inter- I'm interested in your comments because I'm actually prototyping at the moment a, um, a single-ended amplifiers because uh, all of my amplifiers uh, currently are um, uh, push-pull, or in other words, Two out, at least two output, uh, or actually have two output valves in, okay. in the operation. Yeah. So uh, there, there are some challenges to building a, a successful single-ended amplifier. It's not hard to build a, say, a two or three watt single-ended amplifier, but I'm okay. looking at building a, um, developing a ten watt amplifier and a single-ended amp, which sounds very much like the amp you're talking about. Okay. Um, and um, interested in your comments there about uh, the, the, the tone. Yeah. So is that? Um, I'll ask you a question. So sure. yeah, it's got a. It's got a sort of a, a warmer sort of break up. Is that what how it's, you describe well, it? Well, it's a funny amp. It hasn't it hasn't got a lot of oomph and bottom end um, yep. in itself, which I, I I gather is an inherent part of the design of that amp. I've you know yes, a, lot, a lot of stuff I've read about well, that amp, but it's um it's, it's consistent. It's consistent with a single ended amplifier. Hard okay. to get a lot of bottom end out of a single ended amp. Okay. But in in the real world, like in my bedroom or you know my garage, mm-hmm. it sounds kind of thin. But when I'm actually playing it on a gig with a with a band, it's fantastic. It's just got the most beautiful uh-huh. top end chime, and I've used it for recording on a bunch of different things, and it sounds great. Um, if I'm playing, say, a covers band gig when I need a lot of clean headroom, it's obviously not that great. Um, but for um, but for single note stuff and, and when you want a lot of clarity and sort of chimey, chimey sort of playing, it's it's fantastic. Um, well, that's 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 encouraging me with my uh, plans for my my prototype that I'm got on the bench at, at as we speak at the moment. So there cool. you go. Cool. Well, actually, one of my favourite things if I if I hook that up, um, sort of like a dual mono rig with my. Um, with my Laney, which has obviously got a lot more clean headroom, that's yep. that's good fun too. Running them both together, mm. nice. All right, um, another question: um, pentode versus triode preamps. Ah, yes. What's what's yes. that about? Yes, well, that's to do with um, uh, when you hear of uh, pentode or, or a triode. That that is a reference to um, inside a valve, um, and we covered this at amp school. But uh, inside a valve, you've got a um, a thing called a cathode, which emits electrons, and then there's uh, a, a series of um, grids or like a, a spiral mesh between the cathode and then the anode, and the, the, the grid controls the flow of current. And in a triode valve, you've just got the simple. You've got the same, It's a very. It's the simplest kind of valve. You've got a cathode, a grid, and an anode, and that uh, is a triode with the three components there. 
which can actually have um, do um, change the sound. Um, uh, a pendo uh, 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 preamplifier is unusual. Um, about 98% of amplifiers out there uh, are all pretty much triode preamplifiers. Okay. And you typically have something like a 12 ax 7 yeah. uh, preamplifier valve in the, in the preamp of just about you know most amplifiers out there. Um, but there were a, um, a few uh, early box amplifiers that used uh, an EF86 uh, Pento preamplifier valve because back in the back in the 60s EF86s were quite popular. They were used a lot in um, hi-fi amps and various other things. They were considered to be a, a very desirable um, hi-fi preamp okay. valve. And so um, uh, Big Benny um, used them in some of the early. Um, AC-15s, AC-10s, AC-30s. Um, and they do have a, a different tone. It, it's a more of a, uh, how can I describe it, more of a sort of a hi-fi, um, a little bit more... Um, uh, str- okay, how can I describe it? A little bit more... Um, um, uh, I was going to use a word like metallic. It's not metallic, but it's a, it's a little bit more um, stronger and, and clearer... Uh, more hi-fi, if you like, whereas okay. a triode, a pre-amplifier stage, is a little bit more um, um, uh, warmer, a little bit um, less hi-fi, a little bit more rounded, if you like. Yep. Um, in fact, I've got a, um, a newish amp design that I've developed for, for my amp schools um, called the Lamington Light, and that uses that's up on my website as well, and that's got a... Um, uh, Pento preamplifier um, stage, and I'm actually really enjoying playing through that. That's got a very, um, and people that have built it have referred to the fact that it's got a very, very clear, um, still chimey, still very valve, valve sort of like tone, but it's a more, it's a, probably a little bit more accurate, a little bit more um, uh, clearer, if you like, mm-hmm. um, than, a, uh, uh, than, than a triode sort of again stage. I mean, of course, triode gain stages sound delicious as well, but it's not better, it's just different. Different, different um, flavour, yeah. Mm. Cool, very cool. Have you ever delved into um, building pedals or other kind of guitar stuff? Well, uh, I'm a bit of a pedal tragic at the moment. I've been building <laughs> a lot of pedals at the moment, and, <laughs> yeah. and of course, it's like like most guitarists, we uh, we have our little obsessions periodically, and um, yeah, I've been making clones of pedals and... Uh, Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, a lot of different sort of uh, pedals, and uh, what's great about um, you know, having a background in, in electronics is that uh, with the internet these days, there's no shortage of information about a lot of these um, um, well-known pedals that are out there, and you can uh, um, just simply knock them up yourself. There's a lot of really good resources out there to do that. Yeah, so um, yeah, I've been experimenting with you know clone pedals and um, tinny pedals, and uh, you know. You name it, um, mm-hmm. um, Boss. Uh, oh, sorry, don't Boss. Marshall um, uh, uh, Blues. Um, oh, oh yeah, the Blues Breaker yeah. was that the the Blues Breaker, the Blues Breaker, yep. exactly. Remember those, um, yeah. All those the pedals. So yeah, I'm really in, really enjoying playing through those and experimenting. I've recently just um, built a um, uh, there's a guy in the UK that uh, made a, a printed circuit board available for a, um, a, um, a multiple delay. It's basically, it's a cl- it seeks to clone the old Benson uh, Echo Rec, you know, the, oh, okay. Benson, um, the disc-based uh, um, Dave Gilmore was a big 
big fan of them. They okay. use a use a rotating disc um, to record um, uh, the sound. It's, uh, it was very very popular back in the nineteen sixties, and so this um, uh, this pedal uses um, multiple delay ICs to simulate um, one of these Bensons, and that that thing sounds absolutely beautiful. Very very analogy and um, you know, really um, watery kind of like um, a delay tone so that's, cool. that's been lots of fun as well so um, yes that's my that's one of my current um, obsessions at the moment <laughs> <laughs> that's great so good oh so many parts of the recipe hey um, there are which makes it sort of so interesting doesn't yes. it I mean that's the thing about it people can look on the outside and say well it's a guitar into an amplifier and maybe with a pedal but as we know yeah, well, it is, and, and superficially, it's all very the same. You know, nothing, yep. in a sense, has really dramatically changed since the 1950s and 60s, mm-hmm. but yet there are, there are subtle differences that make a dramatic difference in tone, and, uh, and that keeps us um, interested as guitarists and uh, seeking the holy grail of tone, Matt. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so what's coming up for you, for you guys for, um, for next year? With, uh, with your yeah, well, next yeah, next year I've got um, numbers of um, uh, amp schools uh, uh, slated. Um, I've got a school coming up in in May in Sydney. Yeah, um, amp school there over a weekend, um, and then also another one later in the year. And I'll have um, what I'm trying to actually promote next year um, is uh, um, to encourage people. Um, guys might know, um, you know, a couple of guitarist mates. That are, that, are, that are a bunch of friends that would be keen to come over to South Australia and enjoy um, a brass of red um, and uh, and build an amplifier. And so I'm available, basically, in addition to the scheduled schools that I'll be running, yep. I'm available to um, uh, to hold a school whenever sort of suits people. So, okay, um, cool. you know, a free, bunch of three um, students want to get together um, and come over. Um, I'll run a school, you know, Pretty much, and whenever, whenever sort of suits them. Oh, so, cool! Um, um, and here, and we do that here in my little, um, um, my little uh, world in the Brossa Valley, which is just absolutely beautiful. It's um, we're surrounded by grapevines here. And Fantastic! I, I live in an old 150-year-old um, schoolhouse <laughs> um, with a shed on the side of it. So uh, it's a great environment to um, um, hang out and uh, learn about valve amplifiers and. Build, a, build your own amplifier over a weekend. So that's something that I'm really wanting to to really promote next year for, for people to come to, to the Barossa and uh, build an amplifier uh, over a weekend. Brilliant. Sounds great. So how can um, how can people get in touch with you or, or keep up to date yeah, with my, my web my Yeah, webs- my website is the best one probably. Um, I encourage anybody, even if even if you're not interested in coming to amp school, um, uh, I, I seek to make my website a resource for guitarists, and so I've got a lot of information on my website as well. Um, even if people, you know, are not going to uh, come to amp school or, or buy a um, uh, an amp school uh, or buy a Valve Heaven kit, um, um, check out my website. It's valveheaven.com. Mm-hmm. V-A-L-V-E, Valve Heaven H E A V E N valveheaven.com. But I've uh, got you know articles on how the valves work, you know how the tone stacks work. Um, um, you know, there's articles there um, uh, on um, building your own valve reverb unit, for example. So um, I really want to make that a, um, uh, a resource for people because um, 
in addition to the technology, I, I just do love the, the, the teaching side of it and um, helping people understand that this is not rocket science, you know, that mm-hmm. um, you don't have to be a, a, um, um, a rocket engineer to um, get a, an understanding about valve amplifiers. And uh, right. so um, hopefully the website will be a good resource for people to um, to learn some, some other things about uh, the, the gear that they enjoy playing through. Very cool. Well, Grant, that sounds brilliant. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for your time today. Great to hear about not only Valve Heaven, which sounds brilliant, all the, all the work you're doing there, the different models and, and the schools and the kits and things, um, but also to answer some of our questions about tube amps and how they work. And uh, Yeah, they're, they're very loved, but we don't always understand why we love them. But you've, I think you've shed a bit of light on that today as well, so that's really great. Well, Matt, it's an absolute pleasure to uh, chat with you and uh, uh, really, really appreciated the opportunities to do that. Great. Thanks, Grant. Well, we'll have to we'll have to do it again. And um, yeah, when you get to Sydney, we'll see if we can come down and say good day and, and catch yeah, up. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Okay, thanks, Grant. We'll talk again. Well, good, Matt. Okay. Thanks so much for that. All right, there you go. Grant Wills from Valve Heaven. Grant is a super good guy. He's not only is he you know putting on the classes and and, and building different types of models as we as we discussed but he's really keen on just getting information out there so his website's a really great resource and it's definitely in Grant's heart to to share the knowledge and point people in the right direction of course if you can get to one of his workshops they they look like heaps of fun definitely check that out again um, on his website there's also a Valve Heaven Facebook page but it all looks good oh there's some good online demos as well if you you know Google or YouTube uh, Valve Heaven amps. There's some cool um, demos demonstrating different types of models, and they all sound pretty big. All right. Well, hey, thank you for joining us on the Guitar Speak podcast. Please remember, uh, you can listen to all of our previous episodes for free. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. We have applied to be on Spotify. That's a bit of a process, so um, stay tuned. If anything comes of that, I'll let you know immediately for all you streamers out there. All right, well, that's it for me. My name is Matt Wakeling, and this is the Guitar Speak Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, and we'll catch you next time. Bye now.